you girl, what you doing with your man? Huh? I just popped a Zan, 50,000 in Japan. Hey, huh? you know what I'm saying? I ain't do no plan, baby, you did it. Huh? Next time. Huh? Oh, wait. Huh? Baby girl, what you doing with your man? Huh? I just popped a Zan, 50,000 in Japan. Huh? I ain't do no plan, these red bottoms on no vans. And she telling all her friends, I might put them on the ground. Hey. Baby girl, what you doing with your man? Huh? I just popped a Zan, 50,000 in Japan. Huh? I ain't do no plan, these red bottoms on no vans. And she telling all her friends, I might put them on the ground. Hey. Baby girl, what you doing? What's your name? Huh? I ain't playing no games. See these diamonds in my chain. Smoking Mary Jane, yeah, I took it to the brain. And she fuck her for the fame, so I fuck her in my range. Get that money. Yo, welcome to Two Broke for Therapy, a podcast where I am not a therapist, but. It is the only advice podcast in the world, hosted by me, Stephen Baker. Traditionally, we answer questions on this podcast that listeners submit, which you can do at twobrokefortherapy.com slash submit or at TBFT podcast on Twitter. Thanks everybody who sent in questions and feedback last week. I appreciate you all and we will get to those, but this week we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm sitting down with Alexander Gemetti, or as I like to call him, Gemetti, who's a Two Broke for Therapy member and also one of my favorite people in the world. I've got to watch this guy grow up so much over the past couple of years and he's come a long way, but if there's one thing that has stayed the same, it's that he appreciates films as much as he appreciates comic books. And that's something that I can bang with and fuck with. I love this kid to death and we sat down and talked about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Today's April 27th, 2018, which means Marvel released Avengers Infinity War today in theaters. Before we saw the movie, we wanted to sit down and kind of have a retrospective about everything that's happened over the last 10 years. This is kind of a deep dive about the Marvel Cinematic Universe from our perspective. We talk about the movies we love, the moments we love, the characters we love, and where we were in our lives when these movies came out. I mean, I grew up over the past 10 years with these films. These are something that are so pivotal and important to me in my life and also Alex's that you could hear in our voice how much love and appreciation we have for these dumb little movies made for children that push us to go on. Like these movies are so important to us. I I explain in the episode that if it wasn't for these movies, like I don't know what I would do. I really do think that I live in a perfect world 80% of the time because I live in a world where the biggest movies in the world are stuff that was so important to me as a kid. And these movies make me fucking feel like a kid again, and I wouldn't trade that in for anything. So sit back, relax, and listen to me and Jametti talk about everything Marvel Cinematic Universe, or MCU as we like to call it. We haven't seen Infinity War yet, so there will be no spoilers for that film, but there might be spoilers for movies that have come out previously. Obviously, if you're a human and you're on planet Earth, I'm sure you've at least seen about 60% of the Marvel movies. And if not, I'm sorry for your sad, sad existence. Thank you guys so much for listening, and please continue to. Too broke for therapy, baby. We're going to tune in to a song that I played right before me and Alex actually started to record this episode of the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it, and at the very end, I'm going to kind of give the recommendation section over to something that I recorded in the previous weekend, which me, Trevor, and Alex actually went to Record Store Day 2018, fought through crowds of people like it was a scene in Jingle All the Way to get the records we wanted, and if you guys hear something that you might be interested in, take a listen to it. But for the most part, we just list off what we bought and talk a little bit about our experience there. So thank you guys again. And I can't wait to talk to you guys next week where we have a guest on to answer your guys' questions, which you guys could always submit at twobrokefortherapy.com slash submit or at TBFT podcast on Twitter. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. Enjoy this conversation with Alex Gemetti because it's one of my favorite conversations I've had in a long time. So I appreciate it and listen to the love in our voices because this is shit that I, for some reason, care way too much about. Sugar Ray, hit me with it, my girl. Spread your love and fly, fly, fly All around the world, stay.
guy. It is indeed getting dark. <laughs> I'm sitting here with Alex Gemetti, guys. Tonight, Avengers Infinity War comes out. Ooh. We have tickets. We're going to go see it at 11.30 tonight at the Alamo Draft House in San Francisco. But since we have the podcast, I thought, why not sit down and do a little bit of a Marvel retrospective? Me and Gemetti, big fans of Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've seen a lot together, right? Have we? <laughs> uh, we've definitely seen at least one. We've seen one. That's a lot for me. Usually I see these movies by myself. Same. So there we go. Now we're together, and we're together to bring you guys kind of our thoughts on the past of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But let's get into it, Jimetti. Uh I'm so glad that we had this weekend together, and I'm so glad that we have uh, tonight to see this beautiful movie. I mean, we've been waiting for Infinity War since forever. I mean, even as someone like you and I, like the moment Thanos showed up, the first thought that we had was... Oh my god, the big shiny metal glove with a bunch of rocks in it that can fuck up everything. How about you tell the people listening what that big shiny object is actually called? Uh, It's called the Infinity Gauntlet. The Infinity Gauntlet, for people who don't know, is the gauntlet that Thanos wears and collects all the Infinity Stones in, which are basically the MacGuffins of a lot of these, or as I like to call them, Maltese Falcons. Maltese Uh, Falcons. I I don't like MacGuffin. It sounds like another word for pussy. So when it comes to, like, you know, movies centered around one object, I really like the Maltese Falcon. See, now I can't say MacGuffin anymore because... You now put well, that next in. time you see a vagina, you're going to say, what a nice MacGuff. <laughs> let, um, me, let me just <laughs> scoop on in that MacGuff. <laughs> I love a good MacGuff. But the Maltese Falcon of these movies are basically these Infinity Stones, uh, stones that have been tracked since I would say. Do you know the first time an Infinity Stone actually showed up in a Marvel movie? Uh, yeah, the first one that showed up was in Captain America as the Tesseract. Of, of course. How we're going to do this, guys, is me and Jemetti are going to basically break down each phase. As you know, there's been three phases of the Marvel Universe, each one concluded with an Avengers film. This is the conclusion of phase three. Now, there is going to be two Avenger movies, though, right? Like, it's Infinity War, and then we don't know the title of the next one because supposedly it's a spoiler. Yeah. And I don't know the title. Don't tell me if you do. Why would I? If I I don't know, I wouldn't say anything. All right, so let's get into it. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to break down each phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe by one, two, and three. As you know, there's movies in between each Avengers film, and every movie in between is a part of a phase. The beginning section, the middle section, and the end. And recently, we just finished phase three. This is the end of phase three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, technically, the next Avengers movie is, because we don't know the title of that film. No, we do not. Because supposedly it's, what, a spoiler, right? Yeah, the Russo brothers, they they were like... We're not going to release it because that will spoil a part of the film. So this time next year, we will definitely, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm scared. I'm a, I'm a little, uh, to be honest, I think at the end of this film, like one of the last like credit sequences will be the title of the next Avengers film. Because how do they not do that, you know? I, I'll shit my pants. Yeah, I think I'll shit my pants too. I mean, I, my pants might already be filled with shit at the end of the movie. And that's what we're going to do. This is a spoiler-free section of the podcast for Infinity War. We will have a segment after this, which we'll cue into, that is like just kind of our first reactions to the movie that me and Jimetti will record after this, uh, or after we see Infinity War tonight, the draft house. So for right now, we're just going over basically the Marvel Cinematic Universe, phase one, two, and three. And we will be diving into spoilers for all of the movies in the cinematic universe, if we so feel. But for the most part, we're just going to kind of be talking about each phase, what we enjoyed, and what was going on in our lives around those movies. Oh my gosh. If, yeah. we, if we're starting with, if we're starting with we phase are. one, you're going to... We're starting with phase one. You're going to feel old. I am going to feel old. As everybody knows, phase one is the launch of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. It all started with the grandfather himself, Robert Downey Jr., brought to us. In one of, I, would you say it's his best character that he ever played? Like Chaplin, you could toss it to the side. Like mm-hmm. Sherlock, you know, whatever. But 
we all know Iron Man is the role that like Robert Downey Jr. was born to play. Oh yeah, that and uh, what's his face and Chef, which is that's just uh, that's just he, Iron he Man was just Robert. Yeah, he was just Robert Downey Jr. And oh, yeah. speaking of Chef, the legend himself, El Jefe, Johnny Favs, John Favreau, director of Iron Man, literally the the architect of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, that movie alone. Let's just talk about that within itself. I mean, how important was that movie to you? That was the first time I think people took me seriously as a human. I'm 21, so I was and I'm 25. I was I was 11 when it came out. Wow, I think I was what 14. I think I was 14, like 14, 15 years old. So I was, I was a wee lad, and I had always liked comic books, and so it wasn't like out of the realm for like kids to be into comic books. But I was like, for some reason, just everybody I was with, they weren't really like hip to it. But everybody just fucking loved the movie. I remember I saw it with my dad. Uh, midnight premiere and he had an Iron Man shirt like the the arc reactor I remember being so jealous I'm like this is a fucking dope ass shirt <laughs> your dad just got it at a Target <laughs> Probably, yeah no I uh, Kmart he oh got wow that's at Kmart. Kmart yeah yeah I mean for me I was just I think beginning high school and you know we kind of grew up in the video game generation right like kids were really into gaming they were also you know into typical kid shit sports going outside mm-hmm. and I mean I was about a majority of that stuff too but I did really love comics it was something my dad gave to me like like my mom's dad my grandfather made me love liverpool football club i never had a choice like you're just kind of born into it mm-hmm. it's like my dad was like the first thing you're going to read and understand is comic books mm-hmm. and that, like that you know being kind of like born into nerd culture so like my two brothers they both very much they like snowboarding they liked sports growing up like i'm very opposite of them where they both like do like rap music and i have just always been drawn to like comic books i've like comic books since a young age i have comic book tattoos that's you how do much that's literally um, yeah that is indeed true you have a huge venom tattoo i do it's on my left forearm it's actually it wraps i around i don't think we've ever even brought this up maybe we did on the first episode but how you and i actually bonded with each other is the tattoos on your arm the first thing i said to you was is that a black lantern tattoo and you literally said how do you know what that is no, the first thing you said to me was, hi, I'm Kyle. Oh, sorry, guys. You, if anyone's ever <laughs> listened to this podcast, you know the whole Kyle bit. We won't dive into it, but I also didn't think you were yeah. my coworker. I thought you were just a nice guy popping in. Yeah. But yeah, that was a great conversation. I mean, the fact that we bonded over comic books and get to, you know, what is it, four, three years later, two years later, we get to go and see Infinity War together. I mean, it's great. Almost two. Yeah. But Iron Man, for me, at least when it came out, was important just because it was like the first thing that was universally embraced like kids mm-hmm. our age love the spider-man movies they loved the x-men movies and like you know that always like helped don't get me wrong but to me it just wasn't connective enough right like we had always heard of like a justice league movie possibly happening mm-hmm. but it just never did and to see iron man and at the very end being with my father at the theater as well when nick fury is sitting on that couch my dad grabbed my arm and he said, we are in for a ride. Like, he yelped like a little boy. He knew immediately, like, I had no idea because to me, Nick Fury was a white man. Oh, yeah. So the moment my dad saw Samuel L. Jackson with an eye patch, he just knew. And he was like, do you know what that is? Do you know who that is? Do you know what that is? Just trying to whisper. But Iron Man for me was the beginning of something beautiful. It was the beginning of something that I could follow and something that I knew would be around in my life as a constant for quite some time. And... The moment that Nick Fury appeared on that screen at the end credit sequence, which if you can believe it, like that kind of really started this whole craze of end movie credit sequences. Like yeah. this was the like pinnacle of everyone starting to catch on and ride the same shit. It gives you more. And that's the kind of shit that I think Marvel has been so good with. And Kevin Feige specifically has like always embraced the fans as a guy who's been to 
the last nine of their panels at Comic-Con, I could tell you every single time, they are the best panel at Comic-Con because they care about the fans. And it shows in their movies. Yeah, and and I think something that really, like, brought the MCU into, like, the greater public's eyes, like, with Spider-Man, like, those films, you do get a, a like, Spider-Man is kind of, like, the one where everybody knows and everyone kind of knows. It's like, all right, well, that's Spider-Man. That's Marvel's Batman, Superman. Exactly. It's the only real identifiable, char- identifiable character. But Iron Man, Captain America, those are what? B, so, C-grade characters? Yeah, at the time, they were actually, like, characters that, even though they were the leaders of the Avengers or something, they were always, like, kind of seen as, like, the back end or, like, the lower tier. Because you, you do have characters like Spider-Man. And Wolverine and Professor X. Like, all those characters are even, like, overbilled. Exactly. And they're, but, like, again, something with, like, you know, with, uh, like, Spider-Man and the X-Men, the, all those films that were out, uh, even Blade, if there was something about that was just so fantastic about those films in terms of, like, like oh, my gosh. like But, con- but contained at the same time. They were fantastic but contained. So, like... Let's just even take Iron Man like as itself, like you know, even just ignore like the Nick Fury like end credit scene. Something that we have with Iron Man is we have something that seems like it is grounded in reality. Like I mean, now Favreau like, is so good at that. Yeah, now absolutely fuck no. Like he couldn't yeah, even like. I feel. Yeah, yeah, no. Like there's something about it. It just it feels so real. It's like if all of a sudden like something extraordinary extraordinary happened to a. Teenage kid somewhere in New York. Not even teenage kid somewhere in New York. Like, but like with Iron Man, like if like it just seems like all of a sudden, like holy shit, like this is like this feels like the real world, but with like a man with like a crazy suit in so, it. Iron Man specifically to me was the beginning of something beautiful, and it was the beginning of everything that we've known for the last what ten, ten years. years. And now that it's all coming together, it's great. So let's get into the rest of Phase One, which all ends and begins with Nick Fury sitting on Tony Stark's couch. And the next movie after that was The Incredible Hulk. You guys want to skip this one? Jamedi, let's just skip this one. I actually, I have a couple things to say about The Incredible Hulk. Make it quick. Let's, let's, I'm going to keep it quick for the fans. Abomination, I thought he was cool. And I want to see him again. You just like Tim Roth. I do like Tim Roth. <laughs> I'm going to wax you, if, that one off. But if you, look, if you look at like what The Abomination looked like, I mean, like the film in itself, not that great. But if you have The Abomination, he is a formidable foe for the Hulk. Yeah, and I would rare. Like to see, I would like to see him again. Taking it back to your... Um, yeah. Your end credit scene. The end credit scene of that is Tony Stark talking to Thunderbolt Ross, saying he's putting together a team. Boom. But see, the next thing is that isn't even a post-credit scene in that movie, is it? No, it's oh. literally slated like twenty minutes before the movie ends, which is like, what? I like they it was a no, I swear it on my life, right. they whiffed it on that movie. In my opinion, I mean, look, if they whiffed it so bad that we don't even have Edward Norton as Bruce Banner anymore. That's and true. Without that movie, we wouldn't have you know Ruffalo. We wouldn't have McRuff. I'm I'm all about I'm a Ruffalo head, and I I think that this was the first legitimate connective tissue of a starting universe because I thought this was just going to be a completely separate thing. That and then, two minutes makes that movie, and then to see Robert Downey Jr. come in, you're like, oh, wait a minute, you can do something like this. It that's, was it was phenomenal. That's where I was. That's where my mind was specifically blown. Let's now, get let's, to one that people kind of don't like. Now it goes Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, and then if you could believe it, the next movie was Iron Man 2. Now, this movie to me is specifically important. I'm going to tell you a quick little anecdote. I saw this movie my senior year of high school, and in my senior year of high school, I ran a comic book club. I loved comic books, and it was the first time in my life where everyone was like, you fucking know about this shit. Like, you know more about this than most people, and my friend group, like, somehow climbed the social 
scale to become like cool dudes because we wore comic book shirts and went to Comic-Con and shit like that. And it was so beneficial to us that when I saw Iron Man 2, it was a huge group of people, like 25 people at the movie theater, right? I'm sitting next to a cute lady who we've had some connection. I hold her hand. Caught off guard. Uh. Then, a week later, I ask her to my senior prom. She did Uh not go to her high school. I go and see Iron Man 2 with my dad. I get the response text to saying yes to prom with me because I asked her in you know some elaborate way uh-huh. just saying yes while I was watching Iron Man 2 again and I was like I like Re- I like Mickey Rourke dude I, I'm not a, <laughs> I, I like this movie and it holds a special place in my heart for that nostalgic reason uh-huh. but I do see that it's not the best right like it does have I mean Sam Rockwell dancing you can't go wrong no. it, and it does have or is that Sam Rockwell in that it movie? is Sam Rockwell yeah and also we get the re- introduction of Sheetle as War Machine I thought, I thought you said Sheetle. I'm like, you mean sh- sh- more Shield? I no, 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 no. Sheetle, baby. Yeah, you know, yeah. Donnie Sheeds. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, what a change up. I mean, Terrence Howard really blew his load on that, which I didn't think he was a bad roadie to begin with. But to be honest, I'm glad that Don Sheetle's in the cinematic universe because I love Don Sheetle. Oh, yeah. So that's the only benefits that we gained from Iron Man 2 outside of a little bit more of a connective tissue, right? That's where the phases started to kind of bond. We got Black Widow introduced. We got to see Cap's shield somewhere in the middle of the arc reactor. Technically saw Peter Parker. Technically. That's that's a retrospective yeah, the, Yeah, change. that's a deep cut, though, and we'll save that for the real ones out there. You know what we're talking about. Go to fucking StartCon or whatever. And then that movie, a year later, we had to wait until we got a movie that, to be honest— isn't my favorite. I had fun with it. Don't get me wrong. But Thor, the best part about it is that it gave us Chris Hemsworth. It also gave us Jeremy Renner. It gave us like kind of a bigger piece of the tissue, right? We could see the body forming. Yeah, yeah. So we had we have Hawkeye, we have Thor, and then we have Loki. Three major pieces within like the next coming films. So I think that like it is important with within its own right and starting up, but it just kind of like it's a little bit forgettable. And I. They literally replaced Thandral within the next film, and you just didn't even notice. Yeah, you really didn't notice. And I mean, even Natalie Portman was in the second Thor movie, but she's like evaporated out of the MCU at this moment. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good movie. It's, again, it's not necessarily like essential, but it gives some essential elements. It was a little bit too much, and they Mm -hmm. took it a little bit too seriously. Yeah. But talk about something that is taken not too seriously, but a little bit lighthearted. Captain America, the first Avenger. One of my, if not my favorite outside of the Avengers movie in this, like, phase. I love that movie. I mean, I don't know. I do like Steve Rogers. I was always someone who was like, Captain America's actually sick because, you know, he was always involved in Civil War. That was one of my favorite comic oh, yeah. books of all time. Like, And to see that movie and to see him, like, and the fact that it's a period war movie is something so cool to me as someone who is a big fan of war movies. Like, that was ill. And to see, like... I mean, Dun Dun Dugan, you know, to get like all these fucking side characters that you're just like, what? Some real deep cuts in, in there, like some major deep cuts. Because like within Iron Man 1, uh, like it was definitely, like there were some, but not as many. But this one is just straight up. It's like a boom, boom, a boom, 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 boom. Tony Stark's ad, a boom, boom, boom. Oh, it's yeah. Like, they go really into it. And I think that, to be honest, it is a great movie. I think it ends well. It ends with Cap getting to modern time and adjusting. I mean... And let's get this out of the way. Captain America is a virgin, right? Like, for sure. He's never had sex. I guess. I, I, he changed into Captain... This is my big theory in the MCU. He changed up. He met, you know, Peggy. Mm-hmm. That didn't work out. She died because he fucking aged out. He met her little, like, you know, niece. What happened to her? Who fucking knows? And, you know, he's not banging Black Widow. Bruce Banner is. 
Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I guess he's a he's virgin. The, yeah, he's the goodiest two. I mean, you know, him and Peter Parker might be the only virgins in the Marvel universe. Yeah, well, I think that uh, I think that he would be a pleaser. That's all I gotta say. I think he would put on for his country. Yeah. Um. So, Captain America, do you have anything to say about that, really quick? No, I think it's just a wonderful film. I think that like Hugo it's a, Weaving. I was great. gonna say it's a bummer that like we only get to have him for the one film because it would be really really cool to like see Can him you again. They did the Red Skull, dude. The Red Skull was yeah, that was fucking killer. Just the fact that like they did something like that, so just like because they could have done Zemo, they could have done anything, but they just brought out Red Skull, hard hitting first. It just it is a bummer that we're not gonna get him again. And if we do get a Red Skull again, there's no way it's gonna to be as good as Hugo's Red Skull. 100%. And a year later, on May 4th, 2012, I actually saw an advanced screening of this, which is crazy, Ooh. like two weeks earlier. Shouts out to the Hero Complex, LA. Times, baby. Marvel's The Avengers. What a landmark moment. Could you imagine the turnout that that movie got? I mean, every theater was full. Everyone was talking about it. If you weren't on the wave yet, you were about to get on it because you were about to be left the fuck behind. I saw it like two or three times. I saw it like two or three times. I also saw it opening night, the night like it came out, and I was at the Big Newport Theater, which is this huge theater in Orange County, and there were so many people hooting and hollering. Like it was just so fun. It is like, just like we can reference Kevin Smith, right? Like these oh, movies yeah. send me back to my childhood in a way that like, get, I'll give you all the money. Oh yeah, just give me more. Oh, absolutely. With the with the Avengers, like. I remember seeing it. I just rewatched it actually, and it's still like it still holds up in most aspects. I think Thor is a little bit stale now, yeah. like, but I just think that's because they didn't really know what they had in terms of Chris Hemsworth as an actor and what the potential of Thor had as a character. But I still think that this film is just it's it's balls to the wall for the time. And I have a feeling that after we watch Infinity War tonight, it's going to seem like that's like mild shit because I feel like it's going balls to the wall tonight. We are going to get balls to the wall action tonight. And I can tell you this. The first time we felt balls to the wall, all on-screen action was Avengers. Right? Oh, yeah. And how beautiful was that last 30 minutes of that movie? And the movie is like two hours long, but it goes like that. Am oh, I right? yeah. It just fucking zips by because I remember I like I was laying in bed watching it and I realized that two hours had passed. And I was like, Jesus. Six years later... One of the fucking coolest lines of that film is like when Hulk's like, oh, I'm, I'm always, always angry. angry, which I deeply resonate with. <laughs> um, but just seeing him, he just like so smoothly just transforms, transforms a Hulk and just fucking punches a big sky worm. See, it's I insane. love that we're going to be able to talk about and say shit like that in our reality, dude. The fact that we get to say we saw Hulk transform and punch a fucking sky worm is like. Far and above, like, the reality I want to live in. Like, whether oh, yeah. I'm alone as a human or not, like, <laughs> I, I can tell you this. I want to see more fucking that because that's what keeps me going. I, I literally told my dad the other day, he was like, how you doing? I was like, man, I'm not doing the best, like, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And I literally said, like, but, you know, they're still making another Star Wars movie, <laughs> yeah, baby. I got to exactly. keep going. So let's go from Marvel's The Avengers, which was in 2012. And now this was a great little tidbit because we went back into Iron Man. Iron oh, Man yeah. 3. And this movie, I don't know, Guy Pierce, you know, it, it was all right. I do like the Shane Black directed yeah. Iron Man. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't the best of the movies. It's better than Iron Man 2, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, I, yeah. I think it's like neck and neck there. I mean, I There's think a DJ AM yeah, cameo. Yeah. Uh, rip. Definitely, yeah, rip him. I like. I mean, that movie has like a kind of... 
somewhat special place in my heart because I was having like a really, really, really dark time at that point in time. And so my friends, they were like, hey, we're going to go see Midnight Premiere of Iron Man 3. You want to come? And then like my parents like let me go. Like my parents were yeah. like split. And so like I was How old my were you dad. in 2013? I was a sophomore in co- oh, yeah. uh, college, not college, no, high, high school. school. Yeah, I was a sophomore so in high school, like 16, so I was like 15, 15 16 years old. Um, and so just being able to like that my family would let me go do this because it's not that they were like strict or anything, but like I don't know where my mom was, but she wasn't home. And like that house was closer to the movie theater. And my dad lived farther away. So I got to stay there by myself and I got to go with my friends. And it was just it was a fun night. I have good memories attached to it. I made a video about that night, like back when I was way more of an annoying, like loud kid. <laughs> so uh, if you can find that, hey, props to you <laughs> on Vimeo. <laughs> um, <laughs> Vimeo, that's a <laughs> deep cut. Uh, but yeah, Iron Man 3, it, it, it came and went, right? Yeah. Like, it, was, it was the movie that we needed to cleanse our mouths of the Avengers, right? Like, it was, all right, now this is back on a smaller scale. There's still some characters coming in and out, but nothing too crazy. Then that queued to another... Me- now, phase two to me is the weakest phase, right? There is some saving graces, but Thor The Dark World, as the next film to follow this up in 2013, November... I think that the first two films of are course, some of the are, weaker... It, they're fine. They are respected in the canon, but stuff that again they miss Thor as a character, and it took you know Watiti to really nail that. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, and then but then we come in so fucking clutch with the Winter Soldier. Let's just say this is my favorite film of actually oh. my second favorite film of Phase Two. Second favorite? Okay, yeah. No, I can I can get behind that. No, it's just just fucking Winter Soldier. It brought back. It turned Captain America into because it had this very lightheartedness with the first film. He was fucking looking goofy in Avengers, and this just brought him back as that in like fucking elevator scene. The elevator scene, but let's just even break it down to the first boat scene where he's just fucking going against. I can't what the first Russo brothers directed movie, which yes. and they're doing Infinity War. They did Avengers too. You know, or no, that was Whedon, right? That they was Whedon. Okay. They're doing Infinity War. They've they've made a lot of like waves in the Marvel universe. But of course, like I don't know. It's like from the moment that movie starts, you're like, this is not Captain America fucking around. No, and it's a and this was also our kind of introductory to the genre. It's a quote unquote solo film featuring other characters because we haven't really had something like that up until this point. It was I'm this character. I'm in this film. I mean, like we get a Shield Squad. Yes, you can't necessarily say. You can, I guess, say the same thing about like Iron Man films because you have quote unquote War Machine, but like he kind of stems off from that. Whereas you have, you know, other characters that are main cast of the Avengers with, you know, you you have in Black Widow, and then you bring in the Falcon. Like this is like these are characters that like are more and more important. And more of course, the Winter Soldier. And the Winter Soldier, fucking the Winter Soldier. I remember when he like he came and he just fucking grabbed the shield out of midair. I was like. I already know who this is, but this is fucking yeah. insane. Like, it was the first genre movie that they really made, too. Like, a movie that was strictly, like, a 60s spy thriller style. An espionage An film. espionage film that stars Robert Redford, dude. Yeah. Like, an insane person to get in a movie like this. And this was the first time that Marvel really, like, they had so much fun with those first movies. Like, all the way until Thor The Dark World. But this was the movie that really, like, picked it up by the bootstraps and made people be really engaged again because they were like, Holy shit, that was a great fucking movie. Yeah, and it and it, it also showed that this is something that it doesn't have to be like it kind of brings it back to that type of Iron Man one feeling where it's like it doesn't have to be funny. It doesn't have to be big and weird and fantastic all the time. This does have some big fantastic elements where it's like, hey, guess what? Everyone kind of might be secret Nazis, but We're it's also a like this is a serious film through and through. Like, I mean there's funny bits, but like it is a 
it is a film that is so deeply rooted in characters like from the minute you meet sam wilson you were like i fucking like this guy yeah that's a great first 10 minutes of a movie right like, oh yeah I, it just it opens so well it's a dc based movie and i just think that they absolutely nailed it with that one that's one of the best marvel movies of all time dc based movie it isn't it based in marvel or not sorry it's based in Washington D.C. Oh yes, I thought you, you know, were talking. Oh, about, oh yeah. no, I thought oh, you were we talking. don't mix, we don't cross pollinate, baby. I, thought, uh, I was very confused. Now, I'm gonna get to it. All right, this is my favorite film, maybe in the MCU. This is my favorite film in Phase Two. Obviously, uh, you know, it means something to me a lot because I saw this movie so many times. But goddamn, and this speaks so highly to like the level of attention Kevin Feige pays to the fans, everybody, but. I mean, let's just say, you could you imagine when they announced Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be a movie that we would ever see something like that? N that in a million years, I would have never expected to see Guardians you, on screen. You guys have to understand, these characters are like, not even F, like, they are like G-list characters in the Marvel Universe. I, at least they used to be. Like, they were some Jack Kirby, I'm out in space doing some weird shit, like, on LSD type Marvel characters. I can tell you that, like the day afterwards that they were announced, the probably Google search results spiked real fucking hard for Guardians of the Galaxy. Like I just remember, I had so many people going, like walking up to me, going, "Like, hey, who the fuck is this?" I got a lot of questions, and to be honest, like the most well-known character of Guardians of the Galaxy is probably Rocket Raccoon. Oh yeah, because he's in you know Capcom versus Marvel. You know, he's like that movie like gave us something new. It gave us something fresh. It was another genre movie. It was a space. It's literally Marvel Star Wars. It is. It is Marvel Star Wars, and like it's helmed by like you know the the fantastic fucker himself, James Gunn, who's. A legend in our circle. <laughs> oh yeah, like I mean, like if I mean, shouts out to Slither, um, and Super, and Super. Yeah, so I mean, like he he is such an eccentric dude. He is probably the only person that could have made this film. One hundred percent. Like with the cast specifically. With too. yeah, with the cast specifically. I mean, like Dave Bautista is so fucking good, dude. Oh yeah, like we just there's not a character in that film I do not like. People say Ronan is weak. I don't know. Ronan I liked him. He he did a very very good job. We got Lee Pace as Ronan. Like there's literally not somebody I don't like in that film. It's almost a perfect superhero movie and it's like if you don't really think about it like it's not a superhero movie. It's no, a space like it's a space epic. Movie. And it's so it's a space opera. Oh, That's yeah. how sick it is. Like and how literally like that reinvented the movie soundtrack for a while. I have it on vinyl. Like, literally right here. This is one of the most, like, notorious film soundtracks of all time. And Yeah, it's, it's probably one of the bigger ones that, like, is memorable in terms of, like, music. Because if you, like, I mean, like, if you go back into, intro. like, the late 90s, the late 90s, it just, like, you know, those are, like, films that have so much mu music in it. If we're thinking about, Boogie like, Nights, Days and Confused, The Faculty, like... No, oh, what, let's go with early to mid 2000s. Okay. Like the films like The Faculty, like they have like stuff in it. It's just now, but if you go back into the early 90s, you have stuff like Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, stuff where like if you listen to them, they are fantastic fucking albums. And we've seen a lot of that recently. I mean, obviously, when Guardians 2 came out, everyone was like, what's the soundtrack going to be? What's the Awesome oh, yeah. X2 going to be? And like now we're seeing films like Baby Driver and stuff like that where soundtracks are literally driving the movie. Yeah. No pun intended. Ha ha ha. But I mean, like, also, like, if we're talking about how like we were like in the first Avenger there was all these like Easter eggs and references, that that movie gets blown out of the fucking water because the fact that there are so many Easter eggs within Guardians of the Galaxy that there is still one that nobody can yeah. figure out. And James Gunn will like buy you like 
some crazy shit or something. Probably buy you a house. Yeah. And the fact that like there is just so much just jam packed in that film. I remember then they're like the Nova Corps. I'm like, we're going to get fucking Nova Nova at some point. Like I had no idea we're ever going to get Nova. John C. Riley's in that movie. God, it's it's a crazy movie that James Gunn literally whipped out and it was the movie James Gunn was made to make and he is the director now of the entire like space section space universe section of uh, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe it's absolutely amazing he wrote directed it and that hasn't been done since I think Avengers probably not no and that movie was bookended by Avengers Age of Ultron which is a movie that Gemetti just cringed not the best one. Quicksilver, toss away. To be honest, I'm still not a big fan of Scarlet Witch. You not see that coming? Oh, of course. You not see that coming? I love that Joss Whedon put one more effort into it. When that movie came out, everyone was very hyped. It did let us down. It was a good return of like the family back together, but outside of that, it didn't extend that heavy. I had a, I had a like again. I have some good memories. It's very similar to to your uh, to your Iron Man two because I had uh, at the time just gotten out of. a pretty shit relationship and like my good friend fish who i had a crush on but now i'm just like hey we're hella good friends me her and my friend trevor we went to go we drove all the way like an hour and maybe like maybe in change away to go see this film uh because for some reason they didn't have any midnight screenings at our town they were all like seven which was a bummer so we drove way the fuck out there fish and i just watched it and we were just like chewing it up and then afterwards we're like that was awesome there was so much cool stuff and then we thought about it and we're like well Ultron kind of looked weird but if we're again we're talking about like primo shit that was in that fucking film we got Claw we got fucking Andy Serkis as Claw we got the setup for Wakanda it it moved the story forward it it did what it a middle part well I guess technically Infinity War is a middle part of the Avengers story too with you know another movie coming after it but it, w- it did its job as a middle section of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like, pinnacle movie, right? Like, it moved the story forward. It got rid of some characters. It made some characters in different positions, right? Like, does that movie not end with Avengers? Uh, yeah. It does, you know, move the movie forward. And, like, I guess the reason why people don't necessarily like it as much is because that's all. that's kind of seemed to be all it did was move the movie forward, whereas the Avengers films seemed... To that they should be the pinnacle of a buildup of where things yeah. go. It's like like if we think of a story structure, move up, yeah. hit, and then back down. Kind of like the season finales. Yes, like that's what they're supposed to be. But this one actually wasn't the season finale of of phase, phase two, two. Which let's get into it, baby. Ant Man, a San Francisco based movie that is fucking fun. I don't care what anybody says. I love Ant Man. I love Ant Man. Like I wish Edgar Wright directed Ant Man. Can we? Uh, can we? Let me. Let me just give some people some dumb dumbs out there a little bit of a. Uh, of knowledge. When the Marvel Cinematic Universe started, there was a panel at Comic Con, I think in like 2005, and it was John Favreau talking about Iron Man and Edgar Wright, the director of Baby Driver, obviously Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Scott Pilgrim, Fistful of Fingers. Of course, and of course, The World's End. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was waiting for the last <laughs> film that Edgar Wright directed. Was supposed, Edgar Wright was supposed to direct Ant Man, which was a movie that he even showed up uh, in 2013, like right before. Uh, this movie came out because The Avengers 2 was two years later on May 1st, 2015. This came out July, so only a couple months later. Mm-hmm. But the Comic-Con leading into this one, he actually showed up and showed test footage, an Ant-Man fight that blew everyone's heads away. And then, you know, the next thing we know, the guy who directed, you know... Yes Man. Yes Man and... Uh, what's it? Uh, what's the cheerleading movie? Bring It On? Bring It On. He directed Bring It On, Paint and Read. It's yeah. crazy. So it's something that, like... 
I I do all I love this film. I mean, some of the but it still wasn't that bad. No, no, no. The, it wasn't that bad. I mean, like the bones of an Edgar Wright film are still there. And I do think that people do not actually give Peyton Reed enough credit because if you've seen the trailer for Ant Man and the Wasp, you're like, oh, this actually still looks really good. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think that we're not going to get some major I, visual I elements. Some, yeah. Uh, because you know the the train, like the Thomas the Train thing, the ants counting down, like those are very much, you know big 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 Edgar Wright things that are through and through but I mean like I still think the film is great and like I'm like I I can live I can see where I live it's over there exactly this is like the first movie for me that was like ooh they might have messed up by firing that director it might not be good <laughs> and then it was really good like Peyton killed it like that I, movie was so fun and it was a great filler like nobody takes Ant-Man seriously and they got that tone like incredibly well and how fun is it to be like small again like oh, i yeah. haven't felt that since like what honey i shrunk the kids like and you know that movie has an ant in it as well so and something that is very interesting is like that film brought also the feeling of containment back yeah so where we had iron man 3 was supposed to kind of bring the actual containness to it this film was like the stakes they're big but they're not that big like if this man goes crazy he goes crazy and he wants to make these suits but like it's just in san francisco it doesn't have to be in this dimension that dimension it's in san francisco it was it was such a fun time and like to get one more movie a couple months later after age of ultron and it being this and like introducing a new character and having fun let's just say this ant-man great flick super fun great palate cleanser great way to end phase two also dh michael douglas fucking awesome dude 100 percent, and also Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is so good as Ant-Man. Like, oh. I don't think there could have been any other person playing it. I'm, I'm glad that they went with an old Hank Pym, and then they brought in Scott Lang. I think that was a good direction to go. All right, so that movie was the bookend of Phase 2. Now, just to recap real quick, Phase 1, what is your favorite movie of Phase 1, Jemeny? What I mean, did you say? I think we just got to go with the good old number one and just bring it with Iron Man. Iron Man, yeah, was probably the best movie of Phase 1, if not Captain America, the first Avenger. But I, I stay by Iron Man. I mean, even the Avengers is really good, but Iron Man's still like is so rewatchable, even with that shitty MySpace joke in the beginning. Oh, yeah. I I actually watched Iron Man on my DVD, and it's like in 3-4 aspect ratio. And That's I'm like, how old that movie is. Oh, God. And in Phase 2, I would say Guardians is my favorite movie for sure. I'd say Winter Soldier, just because yeah. it's so different, and it, it just brought some seriousness to the genre. I'm glad that we both have a different answer on Phase 2, because I think a lot of people do as well. Now, this is Phase 3. This is something that is definitely like more recent in your consciousness. Now, this phase started off with an absolute whip my dick out on the table and say, look at it, baby. I'm going to make a billion dollars. <laughs> Civil War. Now, how good was this movie? This was basically Avengers 2.5. Yeah. No, this film, it it took its dick out and it just showed it to everybody. It was like, look how big this is. It's not too big. It won't hurt you, but it will make you feel fantastic and look at everything we have. And by the way, we also got Spider-Man. Oh, my God. I, Tom I, Holland as Spider-Man is the best Spider-Man that I think we've ever had. And I think that the movie in general like was a great introduction to him. We obviously got Black Panther. There is a great like storyline. It's also like a genre movie for Captain America. Like These movies have become like real pushers in the storyline of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I really do believe like when it comes to great Marvel movies, this was like another level set. Almost. Exactly. And this is actually one of the first, like, number three films in a trilogy that I feel like did not suck ass. Yeah. You know, and I just, again, as you were talking about with, like, introductory characters, like, bringing in T'Challa, bringing in Peter, like, 
I I do agree that he is the Peter Parker that we have always that needed. we needed, and the fact that he's an actual kid or he you know he's my age yeah, uh, but like he he's not thirty. Um, Toby, <laughs> and uh, it's just like the story elements you know, but then you leave feeling so conflicted because you're like well I mean like he's definitely right but then like he's also right I don't know what I, I don't I don't uh fuck the one a soldier killed fucking Iron Man's parents what the fuck yeah but then it's also like like but you you understand but you, there's a moral debate between either side yeah and then you feel conflicted like it's not as like radical as it is within the comic books I mean yeah for the most part the comic is it's, it's more brutal it's literally rated R compared to rated PG oh absolutely like the the film what the film takes from the comic is for the most part the name and a few story elements but like not really the whole thing but when we got Spider-Man we thought it was really gonna hold true to the comic book oh, sadly yeah. it didn't and it was more based around like Black Panther and stuff like that but in this movie specifically I really think that when it comes to the like story elements and the the craft it was really well done another Russo Brothers film but the only thing that I pull back on a little bit is it was a little hokey there was some moments where it was like don't hit me too hard like you oh know, yeah but, but like outside of that like it was fun to see all those characters fight we're not we're never probably going to get to see like a bunch of those people go head to head again and it was like quite fun and I think I think something that I remember when they first announced that the Russo brothers would be directing the Infinity War film. Yeah. Uh, I thought, I was like, man, we're not going to get like Whedon. And then I, I saw uh, Age of Ultron and then I was like, maybe we don't need him. And then I saw in, I rewatched, you know, uh, Winter Soldier. And then I saw this again. I was like, you know what? These dudes are fucking perfect for it because they bring a grounded villain in. If you watch the, uh, like all these films, like something, there's just something so great about Zemo yeah. that just sticks with me because he is just a man and his goal is to he Fuck wins shit up, he yeah. wins yeah. he wins in the end he may not have like literally killed anybody but he wins he broke the Avengers <sighs> the movie's the movie really is great and it holds up so well and that was May 6, 2016 which is a date that you know the Avengers would traditionally come out on and I think that the movie was great, especially for the Russo brothers. They have done such a great job directing ensemble casts after Whedon. Like, I think that they really are ideal. And they found them, you know, obviously they did episodes of Community. They did, you know, Arrested Development, stuff like that. And it really was able to show in these kind of movies. And that kind of leads us to a more contained movie uh, directed by a great horror director, Scott Derrickson, who we both, I'm sure, appreciate. Doctor Strange. Now, this is, this is the film that you and I, this is... B- pre like this this is post us becoming friends but this was something that you and I definitely started to bond over because you were wearing a Doctor Strange shirt I got broken up with on the day this movie came out and this was the this movie snapped me out of it like it was a bag of chips like as if Doctor Strange himself like took me to a, a celestial dimension and pulled me back and was like you're fine mate mm-hmm. and I appreciated the movie for that and that's what was going on in my life but the movie in general the best character in the movie was the cape Oh yeah, yeah. I I th- think the movie it's fun, it's refreshing. It's it's you know bringing magic into it. Uh, motivations of bad guys, they're they're okay. They're over there, you know. We didn't really get the yellow gloves, um, but it was still it was fun to see it. It was it was new. We the movie in general, like I mean, I remember kind of having that 2001 experience when I watched that movie and he gets sucked in and out of his body and goes through all those changes. I was like. Literally sitting there like, whoa, I might be a little bit too high for this. You know what I mean? I wasn't high, and I, I felt like I was too high. <laughs> exactly. And that was like the visuals that I wanted from a Doctor Strange movie. It delivered on the character development, and it gave me a great side piece in these next upcoming films like Infinity War, 
he's a great he's gonna probably be a piece I mean he's one of the most important pieces in the Avengers when you think it comes to like power wise right mm. and outside of that like he's been in Ragnarok he's been like here and there and he's a great like bit character Benedict Cumberbatch is like the most British name of all time and he like comes to life in this character playing an American, but at the same time, like he's so good in five minute portions. Like he's like a fine dining meal. Like you want a small serving of him because you're like, this is incredible. No matter what he's doing. Delectable. But then, you know, in the movie, it's like you get that, but you have like a fat portion of him and you're like, damn, this is too much smoked salmon. And then all of a sudden (laughs) the fucking like beautiful Cape walks in and you're like, there's a piece of meat. Like (laughs) it was, a good time at the movie theater, but I only saw the movie probably like once or twice. I might have watched it once when I was like a little bit too lit on Netflix, but that's not mm. the the experience you need to see this movie. Yeah, but then but then we followed up with like a film that was very, very, very highly anticipated, uh, in which I got the pleasure of taking Trevor's uh, virginity of seeing this film post it actually coming out in theaters. I saw it in theaters probably twice. Is we have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, highly anticipated film, soundtrack, movie, everything about it. What do you More- think? What do you think? What, what are you going to say? Uh, I don't think I like it that much. I mean, like, it's not as better. It's not as good as the first one. But, no. like, you can't, you can't like, deny that, like, like I mean, your expectations after something like that are just going to be so high. For them to be 100% met is just, it's physically impossible. But it's still a fun time through and through. You got Kurt Russell, dude. You got DH yeah, Kurt, Kurt Russell. You got regular Kurt Russell. You're going to love Kurt Russell. You want to know why? Because Kurt Russell's a fucking amazing dude. He's great. He's great. He's great in that movie. He's great as Peter's father. He's great like in... He's as ego. Yeah, as ego. He's great like in comparison to like Chris Pratt, I think, as actors. Like they, they definitely work well together. Yeah, they're and both... They're Ego both. the Living Planet, another character you never thought to oh see. Oh my gosh, yeah. Just the fact that, like, again, you got, like, you got, you got Chris Pratt, you got Kurt Russell, like, both in their own rights, kind of like men's men, where, like... Generational men's men. Exactly, like, right now, Chris Pratt is basically, like, he's goofy, he's funny, he's every girl's dream dude, because he's funny, he's attractive, he's muscular, he's what, he's what everyone wants, Back in back when Kurt Russell was Chris Pratt's age, everyone was like, "He's got a fucking mullet." I want that. <laughs> I want to grab that mullet and fucking ride that head. Like that's what everyone wanted. Roadhouse, Snake Pliskin, <laughs> Snake Pliskin. Everybody wanted fucking Kurt Russell, and just to see those two bounce is just Kurt Russell's funny as fuck. He's intimidating. And then who else do we got? We got Taserface. Taser fucking Taserface. Taser Steve Agee has a couple good bits in the movie too. And then you also got like, you, you got the I cried during that film with yeah. Yondu at the end. Yond- I cried. Yeah, it was a good father son movie. It's like if you have a dad. It's a movie that you can like think about and be like, holy shit, that and if was you, heavy. And if you don't have a dad, you can be like, so that's what having a dad is like. 100%. And also we got... Um, well, I actually also, to piggyback off that, like because of that whole thing, it's like, you know, you may... If you don't have a dad, this may be an interesting film for you to watch because you think like, well, I don't have a father. Like I don't have a... I don't have a dad. Peter Quill's pretty much your hero, you know? Yeah, he's like, you don't... You feel like you don't have a dad, but you may have a father. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely like made me cry. Like I think James Gunn, uh, uh, you know, brought that emotion out of me, and I think that the the movie in general was great, and it also made like Rocket realize that he is an asshole, which oh, I think yeah. is something that was not needed but needed. And we have Teenage Groot now, which Teenage we're gonna Groot, see a lot more tonight, which I'm so stoked for. Yeah, me too. So shouts out to James Gunn. You know, that was another movie that came out in May, which is like my birthday month, but also like a great 
like, oh, this is a bunch of people getting together. It gave us the introduction of Mantis and also Jeff Goldblum, right? Oh, as, yeah. You know, as this the is collector. What, as, not the collector. No, not yeah, the collector's the, Bernicia. The, the grandmaster. The grandmaster. Excuse me, pardon yeah, you're, you're me. Good, you're good. Hey, dude, there's, we are in phase three. You know how many fucking characters there are now? <laughs> there's so many. And we're about to get to more because we have the movie that, to be honest, like, Everybody I was shaking was and for. I was shaking to see, like, lived up to all expectations to me. We got Birdman as another Birdman. We had a great Peter Parker and we had a New York story featuring a lot of people. And I, I let's be honest, like, this is the best Spider-Man movie of all time outside of Spider-Man 1 or 2. Like... This was everything that we wanted. It had the greatest cast, I think, that a Spider-Man movie's ever had. Although the MJ thing at the end is like, That's jerk lot. my dick. Like, you know what I mean? Like, nice one. Like, uh, that was kind of like tongue-in-cheek. That was the Sony aspect of that right. movie, I think. It, it's, it's kind of like the whole, but like... Zendaya could. Get it! Yeah, so it's it's that, that MJ reveal. It's like, wow! It's like, it's like when you know you have a surprise birthday party coming and you have to be like, wow, thank you, everybody! Yeah, this was great! Holy crap, I had no idea this was happening. You just kind of like, like, we're like, okay, well, like, we saw this coming a mile away. But, like, there was, like, I mean, you get the shocker, you get the tinkerer, and then you have the fucking, fucking vulture. vulture. And just, like... If we're bringing it to like what was supposed to be like Doctor Strange was supposed to be the quote unquote horror film of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I don't think I've ever actually been 100% afraid of a bad guy in a Marvel film. And then you see fucking Michael Keaton and you're like, I understand what he's doing. I understand why he's doing this. But holy shit, this dude scares the absolute fucking shit out of me. He was great in that movie. He's so fucking scary. And I think that, you know, we've had, like, opportunities to have the Vulture in the past. Like, you know, John Malkovich, stuff like that. And, like, Bruce Willis was even rumored once. And, like, fuck all that. But he killed it. The movie was so fun. John Watts just killed it. Like, that. the movie in general moved so fast. It was so fun. It was, like, almost like a John Hughesian-style, like, high school movie. Exactly. You feel like these casts of characters are actually more updated for modern times because bullies today are definitely not what they were. So to have uh, Tony Revolori as Flash Thompson. Who gave us Penis Parker. Exactly. Penis <laughs> Parker. Like, the movie in general is so funny. It is so high school based, and it's like, it moves so well. We get a Donald Glover cameo. Like, it was a great flick. Oh, like, Donald Glover gave... as the potential mm-hmm. Prowler. As the potential Prowler. He's probably the Prowler, and he's probably the cousin of Miles Morales. But... We'll see. Oh, yeah. No, it's... I I think this also has one of the most tense and amazing, f- like, moments where the bad guy finds out who the hero is. Yeah. Because he's just like... That car ride. Oh. Because it's... To anybody else, that's just like the dad grilling the boy. But because you know, you're like... Oh shit, you see him putting together the pieces because he's actually really smart. And this is horrifying because he's like, Hey, uh... I know, who, I you know are. who you are. I will fuck you up. And we have to give shout out to a great producer, Amy Pascal, who oh, yeah. works really well with Kevin Feige. But this is like the first movie that had a producer outside of Kevin Feige from all of phase two was Kevin. All of phase three is Kevin minus uh, this movie. And I think that Amy Pascal deserves some shout out because she really did help mm. bring a lot to this movie. And there's not enough female producers in the Marvel Universe. So shout Sh- out to you. Shout out to Amy Pascal. And also my favorite moment is when she said that the Venom movie was going to be collected and just the face that that. Kevin Feige made the kind of like, wait, what do you wait? Hold on, you're what? Do what? Yeah. So and also to be a weird through line, Martin Starr plays a coach in this movie, uh, who is from Freaks and Geeks, and one of the writers of this movie, uh, Francis or John Francis Daly, is actually 
Sam in Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. So he wrote Spider-Man, which is like so crazy. I mean, he did like uh, Horrible Bosses and the new Vacation movie, but the fact that he like wrote and they're directing the second Spider-Man movie, which Geek, is so wild. Geeks right? geek shit, man. Dude. Like no one knows us better than ourselves. I literally reference Freaks and Geeks on the show like every week, I think. But let's get into literally which was like a movie that surpassed everyone's expectations. The first movie where we got Thor as a real real good character a real good character like the stuff the moments that we would see in the Avengers where he would do like passive things and like people would be like oh he, Chris Hemsworth is so funny and he, Chris Hemsworth had to go through so many comedy movies to get like where he is now exactly I mean I was just like and by the way we're talking about Thor Ragnarok Thor Ragnarok I was actually just talking about this film today with one of our uh, co-workers Grace just of how great of a film this is like it is so funny I mean like Chris Hemsworth has been just so underappreciated as a comedic actor. He is so fucking funny. I mean, it it did take us to have to get um, Ghostbusters, which he is hilarious in, by the way. Yeah. Like, he's... It's just like, it took a native Southern Hemispherean to recognize what they had in front of them. And also, we got to give shouts out to uh, Kevin Smith because Kevin Smith was the one that said, cut the hair, we need to invigorate this. And then Chris Hemsworth was like, you know what, you're right. And I, I think this movie, to be honest, like, I mean, Taika Waititi, first off, I can't say enough about this guy. Like, Hunt for the Wilder People, What We Do in the Shadows. Great. Watch those fucking movies if you like this movie. What We Do in the Shadows is like my favorite movie of two years ago. Make a girl, if you want to make a girl or guy, like if you want to like have a really fun like date and you actually want to watch the film, watch watch What We Do in the Shadows. It's, it's a lovely time. It's something that like when I do recommend it to people, they always come back to me like that movie was fucking phenomenal. And he's in that movie and he is like probably like outside of James Gunn, the biggest directing personality that we've had in the Marvel universe since like Whedon, right? Like exactly. He within himself is like an entity and he is so fucking funny. He directed a lot of flight of the concords. If you don't know, he's like hand in hand with Jermaine and like the movie I had such high expectations for and it nailed it at every level. Oh yeah. Like I knew going From into the it. That, Zeppelin song. To fucking, oh, just, just the fact that like, when watching that fucking trailer, you just got Led Zeppelin just roaring through. You're like, okay, this is great. Like, I know I'm, I'm going to like it. It's got the Hulk. It's got everything. It's funny. It's well-paced. We got such great humor. One of my – a bit that I have saved in, like, my Instagram, like, like files that I've seen so many times, and I save it every time, is when uh, Thor is talking about how when he was a kid, Loki was shape-shifted as a snake, and then he was not a snake, and he like, and then he stabbed. I'm like, that's the fucking, it's so funny. Like, there's not. The I, Matt Damon cameo. Oh I mean, my let, God. let's talk about the, the highlights of this movie. I mean, Tessa Thompson, dude, was so good in this movie. Uh, even, I mean, Goldblum had a great bit. Ruffalo was great. Even, like, uh, Taika Waititi himself as fucking, who? Korg. Korg, he was Korg. yeah. Korg and Meek. And then he was oh, also. Oh, wow, look at he's got, he's a bird, but has Ant-Man. Yeah, exactly. Like, he was, he was such a wonderful like just like presence just because he was so big and he was just like he's kind of like that big bouncer that's actually just like a real soft yeah. dude but he like he can hold his own but like he's just a nice dude and then Carl like, Urban dude Carl I fucking love Carl a Urban a five minute Idris Elba fun time oh yeah so and of course Cape Blanchett what an amazing performance by her she really like she walked up to the plate dropped the bat Took out a gun and shot the fucking baseball out of the air. Oh yeah, no, she went for it. Beautiful, beautiful, pale, deathly looking Kate Blanchett. If <laughs> that, I could, that's a, I would get many poster woman if I've ever known one. 
Oh yeah, but I mean, something that we also have to like mention, like everybody has always really enjoyed Loki and his performance. I but I do feel that like it's the same exact thing that we had with Chris Hemsworth. Like it's not that his performance was getting stale. You could just tell that he was kind of getting bored. Yeah, it's just like okay, I get it. Like I'm this guy. I'm the mischief boy. But then. Again, he really came into his own in this film. Like you, like you actually see him as like okay, like he actually he's a god of mischief because yeah. like he was like he does this, fucking around. like he likes to fuck around. He likes to think about himself, and but he also honest, loves his brother. And like one hundred percent, he loves like having someone to fuck with. Right? That's oh, the yeah. best part of mischief. Is like uh, you know I don't cause anyone harm unless like I know I could. And the best part is is like Tom Hiddleston classically is probably like one of the most well-trained well like performing actors in the marvel cinematic universe and that's why loki's always been super popular but like this movie really lets him have fun oh, i mean yeah. that interaction that they all have with like doctor strange i mean so fucking funny dude oh, and yeah. i just can't tell you like enough like outside of guardians like not even outside like in the same ballpark this movie is probably equally as funny i i to be honest it's like it's a movie that i think people could watch and watch and watch and every time i've seen it i've found something new oh yeah and like the fact that it's like a planet hole uh the fact that it's like a Planet Hulk movie mixed with like, you know, just a crazy fucking space adventure is so fun. And that kind of brings us to the movie that we saw together. The one movie that we actually saw together <laughs> out of this whole fucking hodgepodge is Black Panther. Black Panther. What a delightful treat from our boy from the Bay. Coogler! Yo, Ryan Coogler, first off, like, the next Spielberg? I don't want to say it. But, like, <laughs> I'm just saying, that's like saying Mo Salah's, like, messy. I'm Like, Coogler is, like... A hitter, dude. Every movie he's made is a hitter. And the fact that he's taking risks and, like, moving up the, like, food chain of, like, doing blockbusters is great. Because he could have stayed in indies and done equally as well. Exactly. But the soundtrack to this movie, the people that he can get behind his projects is incredible. Michael B. Jordan following through and, like, I mean, Killmonger is, like, one of the most notable villains in any Marvel movie. Like, one of the most, like, memorable, right? Exactly. And that's all because of him. I mean, he's memed. Like, literally the photo of him, like, standing in that lake is, like, you know, a meme. I think the movie was phenomenal. We saw it together at the Draft House, the the place we're about to go in like 15 minutes to fucking see Avengers Infinity War. Which the only I'm bummer sure. is we saw it in 3D and I have glasses and that was a nightmare. It was it was a nightmare, but the moment that that fucking Oakland, California screen card pops up, the title screen, everyone was like, <gasps> and we, we knew we were in for a good time and the movie delivered so well and was such a piece of like, as a white man who's probably not allowed to talk about this, like pure, like, African style movie where it's like not afraid to show different like, Afrofuturism. It's Afrofuturism, which is like crazy, and like it's what we needed to see as a country right now. It had such a movement behind it. I mean, fuck, it's like the top, the third top grossing movie of all time. Like Chadwick Boseman, Just, fucking kills it, dude. It, it freaks me out to hear I him do not talk. Want to talk to you. It, it it freaks me out every time I I just hear him talk with his regular voice. Yeah. I'm like ah, but it's. This Brandas potato salad. Because this film was, it's so, like I thoroughly enjoyed it. I cannot imagine what it, what it is to people of color. I can just, I can only imagine that it is to people of color what Wonder Woman was to to women. women yeah, you know, it's you know, it's it's it a groundbreaking gave us a film. thrill that we could barely like resonate with as people who definitely love the character of Black Panther. That like, mm -hmm. I mean, we could say even from the beginning of the Marvel universe, people were like, we have to have Black Panther. Like Rhodey, I wouldn't say like you know, wasn't pivotal and Falcon isn't pivotal, but like Marvel has this character that is so heavily based in like, you know, African-American, African culture, like in general, like 
literally named Black Panther and they didn't do anything with it. Like it was almost like them not doing a Black Widow movie. Well, they actually changed him to Black Cheetah when Black Panther movement was was Go, happening. Yeah, yeah, of so course, he's but he's pre Black Panther. Movement. Come on, Stan. Um, but I mean, it's just the fact that this is like maybe story wise, it's not one hundred percent like groundbreaking. Like it does, like it does cover some really really good points. But then like the fact that it is what it is is amazing. And let's just talk about it too. Uh, Tolkien white dudes in this film. Yeah, Andy Serkis, fucking a delight. And, and we're talking love... Tolkien, by the way, because oh, yeah. these dudes are both in The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Jamedi was very sharp with his words there. I want to oh, give yeah. him credit. Yeah, and uh, but they were just a a delight. Like Claw, they Freeman. Claw, I wish we got a little bit more of Claw. I'd Circus, love to hear we his... always want more Circus, though, dude. We always I, want more Andy. I want to hear his mixtape if it's out there on SoundCloud. Um, but again, there's not a character I was not bored by. Like both of those, like characters had such great. Both villains had such great, like heft Motivation. to them. And then you just again in this one, you feel that kind of like confliction, like that you feel within yourself when you are looking at Killmonger. You're like, he's got a point. You got a real fucking good point. Hi, dude. auntie. Oh like, yeah. All those things, like the jokes were sharp. Like the movie was sharp. Everybody in that movie was phenomenal. I mean. It's going to be interesting to kind of return to Wakanda because that's where we're going so in Infinity soon. War. So soon. And, like, I'm really interested to see what happens with that. And I just want to, like, wrap this up really quick by saying, like, Black Panther, phenomenal movie, a great movie to hit Infinity War with, a movie yeah. that was a movement, a movie that had a lot of people behind it. I mean, I hadn't seen a, that many people rush out to a movie theater since literally Get Out. Like, oh, yeah. It was a phenomenal time at the theater, and we had shitty seats, and we still loved it. Yeah, even and we're get two, out guy Daniel Kaluuya Yeah, also in exactly. it. Exactly. And we're, like, two white men. And, like, I know that that movie means so much to so many other people, and, like, I'm so glad that Marvel was able to put out a movie that, like, had such a social backing behind it so much where, like, NBA players and soccer players and people were doing the fucking Wakanda Forever symbol. Like, the actors, everything about it, like, so fun. Like, you know, his sister in that movie to be honest, might be the next Iron Man, but she's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And I just, you know, I think it's a great film to lead into the one that we're actually just about to go see. So... Well, I, let me I, just say one more thing, really quick. I do want to say, like, shout out to Kugler for also co-scripting this movie oh, as well. Oh, absolutely. He, he's, his fingerprints are all over it as long... Or, his fingerprints are all over it as well as Donald Glover and his brothers for, like, proofreading the script and oh, like, yeah. also, like, touching it up a bit. That's where the SoundCloud joke comes from, but, like, oh, yeah. outside of that, like... A phenomenal movie, which leads us exactly what you're about to say. Into Avengers Infinity War, what we've literally been building for since... For 10 years. Yeah, for 10... Well, like, eight and change. Like, yeah. if we're going with Iron Man, yes, but if we are talking about as soon as we, like, brought a Infinity Stone... Into the, the realm. Then, yeah, eight and change, but 10 technically since the beginning. And it's just something that we, as nerds, have been waiting for forever if you can't hear it in our voice we are so excited we literally have 45 minutes to get to the theater so we're going to wrap this up i just want to say uh Jemani, do you have a favorite phase three can we do our phase one phase two phase three real quick for the, so, for the listeners okay so iron man winter soldier and i can't pick right now because i'm still waiting for this last one but if i had to pick uh ooh, ragnarok i gotta pee i'll be right back okay so Jemani's out guys this my is favorite films phase one would probably be either iron man or the avengers Phase two, definitely Guardians. Phase three, kind of a tie. Civil War and Spider-Man Homecoming, I think, are up there. I mean, it's it's been a great phase, right? Like, oh, yeah. This has probably been the best, most consistent phase of any Marvel movie structure. And 
which is the craziest part because we've been in it for so long and they finally figured it out to the point where they can just produce hit after hit after hit. Oh, but yeah. The weird thing is, is all these movies are hits. Oh, yeah. And we're about to go and see one of the biggest ones of all time, I hope, which is Infinity War, which I feel like is going to be the grand slam. And let's go and see it, Jametti. We're going to definitely give a little review at the end of the movie, just our first impressions and let you guys know like how the movie is. We might get into some spoiler stuff, but we'll definitely give you guys a heads up if that is the case. It's been a long time coming, Jametti. I'm so glad that we get to see this movie together. Let's go get some popcorn. Let's get some truffle butter popcorn and, and relax. Jimmy. Let's get those Let's get those uh, queso hot dogs. Ooh, Jametti is talking to me about snacks, and guys, I got to go. Avengers Infinity War. Thank you guys so much for listening to this. I know that this has been a lot, but I hope it's your kind of shit because it's my kind of shit. I'm so excited to see Infinity War tonight. Thank you so much to Alex Jametti for being on the podcast. It's my pleasure. Me. Follow me on Twitter. I don't Follow post. him on Twitter. Tell him that. Uh, it's at Jametti Instagram, at Jametti, G-E-M-E-T-T-I. Heads up, I don't post anything on Twitter. But he's still a legend, and he will favorite your stuff if you give him a shout-out. Yeah. I appreciate you guys at TBFT Podcast on Twitter, twobrookfortherapy.com slash submit to submit questions, and we will answer them each and every week. Thank you, Alex, for being on the podcast. It's We're going to go see this motherfucking movie. I'm so hyped. Thank you, guys. Marvel forever. Alex. Yeah. Avengers. Assemble. All right, guys. Here is the recommendation section for this week. This was recorded live in Golden Gate Park moments after Record Store Day 2018 let out, and we got all the stuff that we wanted. We go over everything that we bought, so listen up, and if you hear something that you might want to check out, check it out. I recommend everything that everybody bought because it's something that they like and care about, and I think that that's worth sharing. So listen up, and if there's something that you like, like I said, listen to it. And cue phone recording. All right, guys, we are sitting in the middle of Golden Gate Park. We just finished with Record Store Day 2018. I'm sitting with Alexander Gimetti uh, and Trevor P., Sweet P., Trevor Powers. Sweet P., I like that. We're in the middle of Golden Gate Park looking at our hall. Uh, right now, we are taking yes. a look. Oh, wow, that is sick. All right, Gimetti, tell the people what you got. Well, what I bought, uh, I bought Patton Oswalt's Annihilation. I bought Robert Rodriguez's uh, Groundhouse Flick, Planet Terror. Uh, it's a white vinyl. It's pretty dope. And then at Rasputin, none of these of which I purchased were a record store day thing, but they're cool. You always get sucked into something else, huh? Yeah, yeah. So I got I got um, Easy E's Boys in the Hood. Legendary. It's just like basically like the exact same thing that you see in the fucking film. Uh, Ghosts, uh, Infinitesimum. And then I got uh, Dr. Octagon's uh, Moose Bumps, Moose Bumps. and Explorers, but half the fucking thing's just like blocked out title It's a scary looking, it's a, it fits yeah. you, it's a scary looking album yeah. cover. Nine, it's rap, which is like, kind of out of my thing, but listen to like a second of it, like on my phone, it's pretty dope. And then I got a free record, Certified Classics Volume 1. I also got the same thing, there's some bangers on this. Oh, Trevor's shirtless. Oh, Trevor just got a new shirt. He'll uh, tell you about that in a second. It's got like Nas, Outkast. Elevators by Outkast. Grinding by Clips. Scenario uh, by A Tribe. Cream by Wu-Tang. Uh, a Great Usher song, You Make Me Wanna. Destiny's Child. Oh, R. Kelly. Yeah. Aaliyah. I mean, it's can't, just can't got complain. like... I mean, it's a free record. I thought it was a mistake, but I got a, I got a free one. I, I seem to be the only one who didn't get a specific record, but that's fine. I got the same thing. 
I have the same. Uh... No, no, no. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You guys both got. So Apple are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you? Uh, are you happy with the haul? Yeah, I'm pretty dang happy. Oh. It was a little bit of a, a mad, a madness, huh? Going yeah. in there. I mean, like, I was waiting for you guys, and so there was just this dude that brought a chair and his baby and his wife or the mother of his child was just going just and like like shaking the baby and I'm like this is a literal nightmare uh, where's my friends alright Trevor what did you get oh are you serious alright baby boy you already know how I did it to him um, as a real hitter from the Orange County I had to pick up the Sugar Ray's Fly, 20th anniversary, you already know. Coke Bottle Clear, limited edition. That's pretty much the only thing I really needed to get today. Um, I picked up the uh, Brian Eno with Kevin Shields single-sided 12-inch. Um, I didn't Love even it. know that was a thing that came out, but I saw Kevin Shields. My Valentine is bloody, baby. You know I had to get that as well. And then uh, just because I was shopping for it, I mean, just shopping around, and uh, I had to pick up uh, Drake's Take Care as well, double-sided. It looks good in or the room. Or double LP, that is. It'll look great in the room. Thank you, Steven. I picked up this uh, New Order shirt uh, just for shits and giggles. And uh, that's the rub, baby. How was your uh, experience? I know that you came for the Sugar Ray. You got the Sugar Ray, but it was a little bit wild in there. Did you uh, did you expect that from a bunch of music nerds? Um, from just the, the pandemonium that was Amoeba, yeah, because these are not necessarily music nerds. Yeah, they're, they're just collectors. collectors, which is a special kind of asshole. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, a special kind of nerd, you could say. Yeah, but also assholes, like yeah. in the cut, like when you have to like really go for it. But uh, I expected it. I'm just glad. I got the last Sugar Ray that they had at uh, Amoeba. Shouts out to Jumetti for like giving me the assist on that. Like he's like he's like over there, and then I just huh, 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 picked it up. It was the last one. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Jametti. Anyways, uh, it's okay. <laughs> well, I love it, uh, guys. I think we had a great time. We got quite a few records. I'm gonna go through mine really quick. Let's get it on. 45th anniversary vinyl on red vinyl. Very stoked on that. I also got the Sugar Ray Fly record because, of course, as you know, I'm also a real one from OC. Also, the only one that was at Rescue. Yeah, got the only Sugar Ray Fly album at Rasputin, the second story went to, because you know I'm a real OC bad boy. Very stoked on this, 20th anniversary. I got the same certified classics hit that uh, Jametti got that has the, you know, Outcast clip song on it. The, you know, we got Scenario by Tribe. Pretty cool for a freebie. They gave that to us in our swag bag. I got the Mac DeMarco Old Dogs demo vinyl that is on a colored vinyl. I don't know what color it's going to be, but uh, the I cover's in Japanese. Yellow. Anything? My guess, yellow. Yellow, all right, interesting. Was looking for a translation, but oh, we, uh, we... Kono Oi, that's like this old, and then, but Tano is not dog, but maybe it is like a different word that I know of. And then at the end it says demo, which lets you know it's the demos, baby. I love... I got the Little Uzi Vert Perfect Love Tape, very nostalgic album for me. It's in purple vinyl. Shouts out to all my Scott Pilgrim heads out there. I love this record cover, and also, you know, now I do what I want. I feel like Russell Westbrook when I listen to that song. Fucking phenomenal. I got a Thelonious Monk uh, original pressing of Monk, uh, the self-titled album where he's on piano, Larry Gales is on bass, Charlie Rose is on the tenor sax, and Ben Riley on drums, baby. That is a 1964 classic that is repressed for the first time. Also, a Record Store Day exclusive, and on top of that, Arcade Fire, self-titled first album, so stoked. They haven't had this out in like five or six years and they released it on Record Store Day and it's an exclusive, so I picked that up as well. And 
Finally, the thing I'm probably most stoked on is the Mac DeMarco and Shamir Beat Happening covers. Uh, Indian Summer is done by Mac, and then Run Down the Stairs is done by Shamir. And out of those songs, Trevor, which one would you say, as a Beat Happening fan, are you most excited to hear covered? Run Down the Stairs is an undeniable classic. So is Indian Summer, but it's just like their biggest song. So I think it's gotten old for me, whereas Run Down the Stairs on the self-titled first release with the cat and the rocket ship oh, yeah. headed to the moon. You know the one, baby. He's got a shirt of it. I do. Um, yeah, it's a great song. And that's this week's Two Broke for Therapy. Thank you guys so much for listening. Next week, we will be answering some listener-submitted questions, so make sure you get those in ahead of time at twobrokefortherapy.com submit, which you can find a link to in the show notes this week's episode on your podcast app or at TBFT Podcast on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram at datmcfly, D-A-T-M-C-F-L-Y, or on Twitter at stephenbaker8, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, Baker as in the profession, and 8 as in the number. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening to this longer episode. But Marvel's Avengers Infinity War, what else could we do? I love this shit, and I'm dedicated to it, so I wanted to share this episode with you guys, and thank you for listening. I'll see you guys next week, and again, I love you.